So I've been working on or starting to click on some integrations of orange, level orange, or level five, or modernity, or modern, the modern phase of human development for me personally. Uh, this phase is typically uh, an achiever type of phase. It's also a place where we're typically trying to gain our own resources versus versus just having a job and developing a skill and collecting resources based on our contribution to the community and being a good person and being a good person being defined by the community, uh, whether that's a church or your city or anything to that effect. And so moving on and like freelancing or starting your own business or creating a product or anything like that, at least in, in more of an American society, uh, can be one way of standing on your own and starting to make your own way, start to create your own life path. And uh, for me, you know, that's a stage I've been through, but there's also elements that at some point when you are going through these stages of development, whether that's integral theory or spiral dynamics, that uh, you're going to go back through and clean some things up. You know, you've got to collect, uh, I think Ken Wilber talked about it as like, if you're trying to get to the second tier, which is yellow or also known as teal, depending on which system you're looking at, you're needing to go back through your life's experience and kind of collect the proper coins to feed into the machine to get to the next stage, right? To get to the, to open the gates, to get to the next thing. And, um, an important staple of this first tier of development is getting to know our relationship to conflict and competition. And so I've talked about conflict recently, but competition is another important element. And competition, I think, is is healthy and important for part of our development and growth. Um, but I've realized recently through listening to some stuff about the stages model, stages is a version of spiral dynamics that has been created by Terry O'Fallon and um, and is also facilitated by Kim Barda, who does shadow work related to this system. Uh, it's very similar to spiral dynamics, so I'm just going to refer to spiral dynamics orange. So orange is like, if you're watching Shark Tank, Shark Tank is an example of orange. It's investing or starting your own business or, um, you know, it's economy, it's money, it's numbers, it's science, it's, um, in a way, stripping away belief. It's not about belief. It's about strategy. It's about systems. It's about, um, scaling and building. It's not necessarily about, and sometimes it might be like scrutiny about previous levels, um, scrutinizing, uh, belief and things like that. But at this stage is, for a lot of people, it is about building your own personal capital. It's about making your own way. It's about, um, you know, the American dream kind of fits into this idea. You know, coming over to America and starting your own store and making your own living, and then your kids will follow in your footsteps, creating kind of legacy in that sense. And so I had just recently wrote a thread on Twitter that I wanted to share some of uh, share with you about how this mode of development is largely about visualizations. Um, and it's funny, we just got done watching 
Working Moms, um, which is one of my favorite shows on Netflix. It, they just put out, I think it's season six. And the show so far has been about, uh, in large part, movement from working a job into this person having their own job, the main character. And she started building her own company, her own PR firm, and getting through this process of like going faster and faster and faster and working herself to the bone. And then this latest season is sort of wrestling with that. And uh, really moving from blue to orange and starting to see some green creep in a little bit. And so orange is uh, a place where... Uh, you create a vision for yourself, like what you want. You Like in this example with Working Mom, she wanted to create a PR firm. And she had a vision of what everything looked like. And some of the, I think there's an entire season basically dedicated to her figuring out how she can make that vision a reality. And so for a lot of us, when we move through having a job, we figure out what the vision is that we want for ourselves. We, visu- we figure out... Um, what we want our lives to look like. And, uh, well, let me just get into starting to read some of this thread. So, um, there's, there's an episode in, in working moms before I get into the thread, actually, there's an episode in working moms where there is a, it's like a parallel. There's a kid, one of the, the son of the main character starts talking to an imaginary friend, a ghost in the house. And, uh, at least as part of the narrative and according to Terry O'Fallon's research, cause she's a teacher of 30 years and has worked with childhood development and stuff, kids who are in sort of stage two or like purple in, uh, spiral dynamics, kind of like between the ages of, uh, I think about maybe like five to eight years old, start to develop visualization, the ability to visualize and it's easy to confuse their visualizations with reality. Meaning, like, to a kid, uh, an imaginary friend is not imaginary. To them, it's real. Whereas, you know, it might stress them out if a parent is like, oh, that's really cute, isn't it? You have an imaginary friend. They're like, it's not imaginary. It's my friend. It's, it's Charlie. He's right there in the corner. Like, I don't know what you're talking about. And so in this case, in the show... Uh, you know, the parents were talking about the death of someone in the family. And now this kid is using that as part of his visualizations. And so subsequently, later on, the main character who is in orange is also starting to have her own sort of visualizations. Instead, her visualizations are related to kind of her job and what she's trying to figure out in terms of going forward. And it has a relationship to what she's doing with uh, the choices that she's making about her family. So it's like her visualizations are sort of shadow elements in a sense, turning in on her and saying like, hey, you are working too much and our vision needs to change. And um, sometimes that, that vision can get confused with reality, even as an adult in more abstract sense. So I'm going to read some of this. Um, So I started out by saying that orange is a mode of developing subtle and abstract visualizations for what our life can become by our own influence and merit, whereas previously life was defined by the community offering resource. 
At this stage of development, we're aware of our abstract vision, but not aware of others' abstract visions. And that's an opportunity, and there's an opportunity of ownership, um, that there's an open ownership of ideas unless blocked by patents or copyrights. This creates the feeling of competition at this stage. Success depends on how that visualization is defined and the paths to that definition. We begin a, we begin a search for a method of gathering resource consistently outside of moral guilt-driven guilt-driven dependence. Typically, by creating a product or service based on a skill developed and or problem solved, then promoted via social engineering, communication, capital slash investing, and or scaling and building. It's difficult to match vision with skill and with method. Vision is imagining the life you want and the stuff you want to create or surround yourself with, what you want to say or do, essentially the lifestyle you want. So your skill or talent is what you know, the method is what gets you there. It can be difficult to figure out these uh, uh, figure out these three ideas or these three areas. Imagining a life is an exploration process. Uh, knowing skills can be difficult with low self-esteem or entangling that from a specific occupation. And then calibrating who you are to your preferred or most capable method is tough. So confusion and stress can happen when confusing the visualization with reality as something predetermined or something owed to you. So the, the, there are realities that can get in the way. It could be a skill, it could be social limits, health, money management, skills, disability, cognition, etc. And so if we don't adapt to this reality of our limits, then we can't adjust the vision or find the right method to get us to that vision. So getting through this level can mean success uh, could mean vision success, but not sustainable financial success. You can satisfy the feeling or vision without being practical. And or uh, an orange brings a real sweat and hustle energy to it. You can really push yourself through to the vision you want with intensity at the detriment of many other things. You can get workaholism and all of that and all of its negative effects at this stage, all in sole service of the vision. So you can get through this by satisfying the vision by any means or reaching limits of what you can do and running yourself into the ground, which takes a lot of excess energy to get it, to get to. So going back through the spiral at this stage later on may mean buttoning up a sustainable way of gaining resource regularly or in a more natural way. So for me personally, uh, accepting the social, accepting that social engineering is not my strength allows me to try other methods of resource gathering. Quick sidebar, just because I'm an INTP doesn't mean that's the reason that social engineering is not my strength. There are INTPs that I've known who are very good at social engineering, but that's just not mine. So what I do well, I'm finding lately, is that communicating vision via words, design, marketing, etc., uh, that's something I'm really good at. And previously, I've tried social engineering, investing, and scaling to no avail. So I, I don't have mass influence personally, but I can support someone else's ability to social engineer, scale, or earn capital. And I can communicate, you know, systems and things like that pretty well. So I think exploring these territories are vital for success through or integrating orange. So creating vision is essentially like the exploration of figuring out what lifestyle you want and what does like, do you want an office? And sometimes the vision messes people up, especially when um, there are realities to consider of the market changing. You know, some people want a brick and mortar store because it's part of their 
personal vision in their head, but they're not looking at necessarily the practical numbers of it all just yet. They're still kind of caught up in the visualization. And then there's the second element of defining your skills and limits. Sometimes this is figuring out your, your health exploration. Sometimes this is socioeconomic. Sometimes this is um, figuring out what transferable skills you have from the previous jobs you've had into what you want to do going forward. And how does that match the vision? And then figuring out your method. And methods can include, like I said, social engineering, scaling, communication, and uh, capital or investing essentially. And some people have varying skills in varying areas, right? So even like a scientist who is doing some of their own research, um, they could get money through capital or investing, which involves some social engineering, but social engineering with people who have money, right? Or in, or, or taking your business public and, you know, making that happen through investing in capital. Um, or even social engineering and getting uh, donations from family and friends. Some people start businesses that way, right? Or even just scaling. Some people start from nothing and then they're able to take like five cents and turn it into 25 cents and turn it into a dollar and turn that dollar into $10 and, you know, et cetera. That's like a version of scaling, right? So there's no one method. It's like a multi uh, multi-dimensional, uh, there's multiple paths, but I think I'm starting to land on what those paths are in more of a definable kind of way. And I want to put them together in some sort of a package. I'm not really sure yet, but, uh, right now this is just me sharing this in like an open source kind of way. Um, and I'd love to learn how this connects to like personality systems, or I'm trying to figure out how this connects to personality systems because, Personality systems are helpful in orange for a lot of people. A lot of people turn to um, the, uh, what is the one with the, the ocean, right? And uh, ocean or Myers-Briggs or Enneagram. And because people are trying to figure out what their skills are, what their limits are. Some people explore mental health. Sometimes they, they explore their cognitive abilities or possibilities and use peer-reviewed empirical frameworks or, you know, uh, uh, collectively backed frameworks to attune yourself to your, your preferred method and possibilities. So I find that what causes the most stress in orange is feeling like what we need to do, um, is do life or to build our lifestyle. If, if our lifestyle or vision matches, you know, a way that we've seen someone else do it, we feel like we have to adapt ourselves to what that vision is or the way to do it and um, use someone else's way. And quite frankly, we aren't anyone else. And so if you're in this kind of like achievement stage of life and you're trying to figure out how to build your own business or you're trying to make your own way, whether that's like freelancing or building a product or service or whatever, um, you're an artist and you're trying to just get sustainable funding or if you're you know, someone who's doing uh, social studies or anything like that, and you're just trying to get funding, you know, there are various methods to do that. Like I said, there's the social engineering side, there's building capital, um, you know, there's investing or getting investors, and um, uh, there's communication, etc. There's all sorts of varying ways uh, to do that. And so I'm 
kind of working on organizing this because it's something that's making sense in me and my brain because I felt for a long time, like I said, that I should have done, and I'm done reading this, by the way, by the way, I'm talking now, but, um, for a long time, I felt like I tried these other methods, you know, I've tried social engineering, I've tried, and, and you might need to just try them all to see what really clicks. Um, I've tried social engineering, I've tried investing, I've tried getting capital um, donations or social, you know, anything like that. And to varying degrees of success, but the most success I've had in my career has been through communication and communicating vision, particularly someone else's vision. Even at our studio, when Molly has all her work up, I'm really good at communicating what her work represents and sort of bringing someone else into what the vision is and guiding their vision in a sense to match what the value is, right? Because in a lot of ways, like what the distance, the distinction between vision and value is typically uh, other people buying into what the vision is. Once two people agree on a vision of something, that's when value emerges. And so when people go around and say like, hey, I'm trying to provide you value, it's like you need to, when you're providing value, quote unquote, it's about uh, providing, you know, having someone else buy into your vision, not tricking them, not manipulating them, but in a natural way. Like there's what is, um, what is most personal is most universal. And so something I mentioned with Molly and her work is that she uses a Sharpie and with, with some of like black lines that she's carving out some of her pieces. And so part of the story is that I'm like, you know, we're sitting at home, we're watching wrestling or like CSI or something. And she's sketching away and it's something everyone can relate to. That's easy, an easy thing that someone can attach a vision to. And, um, so a lot of vision and communication is like relatability. And I think that's something I try to do on this podcast is sharing my story to essentially be relatable and to compare my vision to your vision. And, you know, your vision is whatever your vision is, right? And it's not something that I can take from you, but it's only something I can add to, or that's something you can share with me that perhaps you can add to mine, right? And so what I'm essentially trying to say here is that I'm figuring out, I'm tuning after I've done a lot of this work of, first of all, I went into casting the vision of what I wanted. You know, I, I had, have had an idea of what I've wanted in my life and I feel like I have that now. Now there are supplemental things I want to add on top of it, but like for me, having a big house was not something important for me. It was like having a relationship and having all of the things that I want, like I wanted a guitar and a bass and I have my computer that I want and I have like all these little bits of technology. I have this stuff that I've wanted, right? And um, so I have all these little things, even though my life doesn't look like a typical, um, you know, big baller mansion entrepreneur, you know, my, my goalpost was just different. And so defining that goalpost, I think, was important. And then secondly, I needed to figure out what my skills are. In a lot of the ways, that was art and design and podcasting and communication. Um, but in that sense, I was also trying other things. I was trying to do writing. I was trying to do social engineering. I was trying to do investing. And as I started to deploy some of those methods, I realized that as I learned more about my mental health, as I learned more about my dyslexia, I realized, uh, and also my personality and some of my own personal limits, um, 
that those are things that are just not clicking or that I don't have natural talent in and that I can let them go or that I can find someone else that is a talent in that. Like working with personality hackers, one of my main clients, they're pretty strong with social engineering. They're strong with scaling and um, to be able to support their vision is something that I do really well with them. So I provide the value to them by bringing their vision to life. And then they also provide value to me by being someone who can do social engineering and who can, um, that they can uh, uh, provide this feeling of filling out the details of what it is that I feel like I can't do. So there's something about attuning to the reality of that. It's like this, you start out with this big vision and then over time, it's just like kind of calibrating to the reality of what your experience is. And then also growing into that, you know, with time, I could probably get better at social engineering. Who really knows? I have no idea. But where I am right now is that communication is a strength of mine. And I'm just sort of trying to own that and lean into that as best as I can. Um, Communicating other people's ideas. (laughs) Sometimes communicating my ideas can get a little muddy. And I know sometimes I talk a lot and it gets a little confusing. But um, you also, as the listener, you you are oftentimes hearing my in-process thoughts. (laughs) Um, I'm very deliberate and intentional when it comes to like my graphic design work and video work and stuff like that. Uh, that's a very, very different professional beast. This is like more of a hobby project. I'm not really making any money from this unless someone buys courses and stuff, which I very much appreciate because that helps me to be able to do this. So this is also like this actual, this podcast and building a community on YouTube and stuff was my attempt at social engineering, trying to build a community. Um, and, and it's worked to some degree. Uh, but there's just a lot of people that pass through. I, I don't necessarily have um, a consistent following like some people do. Um, and some people are really, really natural and good at it. I was just watching an episode of Shark Tank where this woman created a scarf, this like headband that is really not remarkable as a product itself. It's really lovely. It's like unique in terms of its individual design. But what she did that stood out was that she was really good at social engineering on Instagram and sometimes social media can, or the way, you know, the culture is at the time can influence a certain style of, or a certain method of building, right? Certain method of business. So, you know, if you're in the cryptocurrency space, that's an investing space. If you're in, um, social media, typically like TikTok or Instagram, you're in more of the social engineering space. And I think that was part of my frustration too, is that I was trying to take advantage of, you know, if, if your attunement is to social engineering, like the opportunity is more ripe than ever for you to be able to exploit that. Right. Um, by exploit, I just mean utilize. Um, and a lot of people are utilizing that. So this woman had this headband and she was able to, she would just take pictures of herself and have the headband in the picture. And she was saying that I was just waiting for someone to ask me where I got it. Uh, and then she was like, nobody would ask me where I got it. So I told my friend to just leave a comment and say, Hey, where'd you get that scarf? And then I give them the answer and start encouraging that conversation. That's social engineering, right? And so that's not something I would have ever thought to do, (laughs) but, uh, there are people who are 
kind of naturally attuned or have developed the skills to do some of that social engineering. And that to me is, that's pretty incredible that people can do that. You know, kind of depending on your worldview, you can see that as manipulative, blah, blah, blah. Um, but that's, you know, moral judgments aside, that's not what's relevant. Like orange is not living in the world of moral judgments or guilt or anything like that. You're just like, whatever it takes, you know, you're, you're developing and you're building your own resources. It's not about being good or evil necessarily. It's just, uh, getting whatever it is that you need. Right. So there are limits to the orange worldview in terms of its, uh, you know, what is, um, uh, considered too much abundance, too big of a vision, um, you know, crashing really hard, um, making something that's unsustainable, uh, something, you, a lifestyle that you can't keep up with, for example. Uh, there's all sorts of things within that that's really a challenge. And so a lot of people run into the ground. Maybe they have health issues, mental health issues, family issues. They go through a divorce all sorts of things that just kind of change their life and change their lifestyle, move them away from this orange worldview. Um, because it's just not, they, they start to run out of energy and they just can't do it anymore. Sort of reach the limits and each worldview has its own limits, but some people could stay in there a long, long time. You know, some people really love this stage and are really good at this stage. And, um, there's nothing wrong with that either. I think a lot of people really need to, uh, be in this stage. It's what keeps the economy moving. It's what's, you know, keeping that, that engine running. Exactly. So, um, you know, while there's positives and negatives, of course, uh, ultimately I feel like my personal integration into this worldview is largely about understanding that social engineering and social media is not necessarily my strength, but sp supporting, someone else's through my ability to communicate vision is more of my strength. So I'd be curious to know if you are developing a strength, if you're in this stage, we're flirting with this stage a little bit, you know, if you're flirting with this stage and you're trying to develop a vision, what does your vision look like? What skills do you have? If you're in that kind of secondary stage and trying to figure out what your product is, your services. And thirdly, if you're trying to develop your method, do you feel like you're good at scaling? Do you feel like you're good at investing or, or getting capital? Do you feel like you're good at social engineering or do you feel like you're good at communicating vision, um, and, uh, supporting someone else? I, I would love to know. I'm very curious to see if this is a, a, a pattern as much as I think it is. <laughs> and how has personality helped you with this stuff too? I would love to know that too. So you can leave a comment uh, on YouTube or you can go to Christian at happychemicals.org and send me an email um, with that address. Uh, if you go to happychemicals.org, I've got courses for INTPs and all of that fun stuff. And then uh, we have an email list that you can sign up for that has a secret podcast called Input Process Output that is about introspection and creative flow. And I think that could be really interesting for you as well, if you're interested in that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, this, and just, just to know going forward, if I talk about colors, it's spiral dynamics. If I talk about numbers, it's the Enneagram. If I talk about uh, letters, it's usually Myers-Briggs. <laughs> so, um, that's kind of how that goes. And I don't stick to one system because none of this is gospel. 
This is like just one tool, one method, one way. Um, and uh, what's working for me? But you ultimately are responsible for what works for you. I am just one person. I am just some dude with opinions and an existence <laughs> that I'm sharing with you as part of my my desire to provide open source thinking to the world as I figure out some of my own problems. So with all that said, I appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And I'll catch you next time on dopamine and other happy chemicals. I have been Christian Rivera. See ya.